You are listening to the Effective Statistician Podcast, a weekly podcast with Alexander Schacht and Benjamin Pieske designed to help you reach your potential, lead great science and serve patients without becoming overwhelmed by work. Today, Benjamin and myself talk about six effective leadership behaviors for statisticians. <music> I would like to start with a very, very small request for you. Could you please identify three colleagues, maybe in the same company or in a different company, that are also statisticians that would benefit from that, or maybe at academia, or maybe at your alma mater that you um, have studied. Some statisticians that you think would benefit from this podcast and send them. Just three, maybe. Yeah, that would be really, really awesome. Um, because we want to spread the word about this podcast and have it as big of an impact on our overall function, on us statisticians, as much as possible. One other thing is, I recently ran into someone that um, was listening to this podcast on the browser, which of course is fine, uh, then you have the show notes and everything all, all there together. However, of course, that is also tedious. So if you rather would like to listen to it, to it on your smartphone, that's possible. So just use one of the many podcast browsers, search for The Effective Statistician, and there you have it. And if you subscribe to it, then you get automatically the updates of the weekly episodes delivered to your smartphone. The podcast is produced in association with PSI, a community dedicated to leading and promoting the use of statistics within the healthcare industry for the benefits of patients. Join PSI today to further develop your statistical capabilities with access to the video-on-demand content library free registration to pretty awesome PSI webinars and much, much more. And you wouldn't believe it's really, really cheap. It's only 20 pounds annually for non-high income countries and very, very reasonable 95 pounds for high income countries. So visit the PSI website at psiweb.org and become a PSI member today. Welcome to another episode of The Effective Statistician with Benjamin Pieske and myself. Hi, Benjamin. How are you doing? Hi, Alexander. Very well. Thanks. We have a great topic today. One of your favorite, isn't it? Yeah, leadership is one of my favorites. And it's actually inspired by one of my favorite leadership podcasts. Actually, a German one, um, which is recorded by Olaf Kapinski. And um, he recently had a really nice episode about, he was talking about five um, impactful or effective behaviors of, uh, of leaders. And um, he always takes it more from a kind of supervisory uh, po position. But I think um, I felt like that is also very good for statisticians um, not being supervisors or not necessarily being supervisors. And, um, he asked actually, you know, what other 
behaviors would be out there. And um, I added a, a sixth one. So today we'll basically speak about six effective leadership behaviors of, of statisticians. And um, yeah, the last one is um, a really something that is close to my heart, but we'll take that to the end. Yep. <laughs> As you said, it's the last one. <laughs> okay, so the first one is being, I'm not sure it's com completely best translated, but I translated it with being confidently relaxed. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> one to start with, actually. I mean, uh, you know, if you talk about leadership, you would be probably, you know, talking about more about, you know, about, uh, let's say knowledge, power and, and strong things, but then it's about confidentially, but, um, confidently, but relaxed. Why is that? What? So, so actually when I was, um, listening to that, a former colleague of mine and actually someone that was on the show before, um, Shafi Chaudhry comes to my mind. So, I remember a situation where there was a lot of kind of panic in, in the study team and, you know, oh, what's happening? Everything is going south and, you know, will not beat the timelines. And everybody was, you know, getting really, really nervous. And he was coming into the team being very relaxed, laid back and, and, but confident to actually get things done and that calmed down everybody and that helped everybody to focus on the things that we can control mm. on getting everything nicely sorted one step after the other and that was really really good leadership behavior so, so um how do you feel about that No, I think that's a good, it's a good point of, about, because, you know, the, the energy or these, these chaotic energy that people sometimes or teams sometimes have yeah. needs to be observed. So we need to be, you know, put in to somebody. And this is, this is true about leadership that, you know, giving them, you know, okay, you know, just calm down, sit down. Let's talk about it. Let's see where we need help, where we can, you know, support or whatsoever. So really just get the, the wind out of the sails and just um, really just slow down for a moment and really set back. And who would you rather follow? You know, someone that comes in and says, looks relaxed, embodies confidence, or would you follow someone that comes in and says, oh, like, you know, <laughs> com completely kind completely, of, panicking, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, shouting and, and, you know, making noises. Yeah. No, no, I agree. It's, it's, it's good. It's really, I think this is, this is much appreciated. And this is, you know, sometimes it's, it's good that waves are being blocked away by, by the leader, by your leader or you as a leader. And don't let this pass through to the, to the team. Um, so that they can really just, you know, come back to what they are supposed to do and what their actual aim is and concentrate and, and reorganize themselves and really get back. And that's the power or the, the, um, the relaxedness that you need to take into a group to make, um, to make them confident and, uh, turn them into, uh, you know, moving forwards with a goal again. It, it's, you still can create a sense of urgency. Yeah, in, in here, but it should be, you know, urgent is not panic. 
you know, that's something different. You, you're focused, you're mm. concentrated, and, and you know what's at stake, but you're still, you know, relaxed and moving it for, forward. Yeah. So the relax is not about, you know, slowing down. It's about um, taking away the chaotic situation and organizing it again. It could be slowing down if slowing down is required. Um, sometimes, you know, moving, so, so going slowly means you're moving fast overall. You know, if you run completely in the wrong directions, that isn't helpful anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's where I think, you know, Having this uh, relaxed yeah. approach helps helps a lot. Okay, let's go to behavior number two: being decisive. Just from the from the uh, you know what we talked uh, talked about before is really just you know you are the leader. You are the one that sometimes needs to take a take and make a decision and guide the team into the right directions. Maybe from outside a little bit, or maybe from inside, but, um, you know, people are looking up to you, you know, with question marks in their eyes, and you are the one to make the decision and not to just push it back necessarily and say, well, you know, mm, I don't know, maybe you decide. No, you're the leader. That's your decision. And I think um, that's especially important for us statisticians. Um, I, I think... A lot of statisticians see themselves more as consultants and not as team members. And as a consultant, you don't make any decisions. You just, you know, advise. But lots of the, let's say, more technical topics, the team can't understand completely anyway. So there, they need to basically rely on your expertise and on being decisive. And sometimes, you know, I see that also, you know, that teams spend an enormous amount of time discussing about really, really small things. I was just, you know, looking into um, some SAPs and things like that over, over the last years, and the number of cut points I see in there, let's say for age as a covariate, you know, four cut points, five cut points, You know, and you, you just, that doesn't look very decisive. Yeah. So, so why do you need all these different cut points? So either, you know, there's really some completely nonlinear behavior going on and you need to do something different anyway, or there's, you know, some clear guidelines or that you need into age more than 65 and less than 65. And that's it. Yeah. But. You don't need a handful of different cut points. That just shows to me that people couldn't make a decision. <clears throat> yeah, and it's true because there. Are, I mean, as you said, there are sometimes good, good reasons for having several points included. And in this case, if you if you talk about subgroups or um, data points, then but but um, if it's about the the one or the other, or you're going left or going right, or uh, what what it is, that's that's a decision where you know where you need to raise your hand and just make a decision and move the team forward together with you. Yeah. I think the next one, the third one, is where pretty much all statisticians would agree to. That is being knowledgeable. And in terms of knowledgeable, I think this um, 
entails not only you know your statistical knowledge but also your therapeutic area knowledge so the business knowledge around it and where i usually see the biggest limitations uh, is the third part so people know about stats people know about the disease but they don't know how that has an impact on on the overall business and 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 beyond yeah no i, I no i think we touched this before in some of our our discussions yeah. around this that um as a statistician and also as a leader in, in general i think you know you have to decide and you have to um move forward and think not only because of a you know like a very siloed decision or, or a case it is then you know further to that it's not only about the study it's really about the business so you're you're not alone in the world you're not as a team alone it's just you know there's much much more connected and that's um that's about you know being knowledgeable it's yeah. not only within one silo within statistics or maybe even outside in the therapeutic area it is also about what the whole business is about the company that's behind you um that's all is coming together and this is something that every leader not only statisticians should be uh, very well aware of yeah, and you sh should know about who will be impacted down the line Yeah, so, so your in-exclusion criteria, your um, CRF that you're designing for your phase three study has a direct impact on, for example, reimbursement dossiers. And if you're not collecting the right data or not in the right way, or you're excluding patients that are relevant and that, that payers want to see, then you may have a great uh, submission to the regulators, but you'll never get the truck reimbursed later on. So, so you basically launch to crickets. So having that knowledge is really, really important. Or at least knowing who to yeah. talk to to get the knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually was more thinking about the, you know, when, when you, when you talk about the CRO business, I think, for example, is, you know, any decision that you make as a statistician in terms of, um, in this, in the study, that's not necessarily like in the, in the way of designing a study might be, but it's not, but any, you know, anything where you see, okay, that's, that's going the wrong direction. We need to change it. That, that may have, for example, an impact on, on the budget. Mm -hmm. So moving, uh, moving, in the right direction. So doing this change or, or communicating the change and imply, uh, applying it, that's maybe the right decision, but it's not the right decision if it's not together with a business decision about, let's say, change in yeah. scope. So it is, the, that's, you know, it, it's more than just the actual um, stats background or the stats knowledge and the decision around that is always more, you know, from... That's what I was more having in mind when I said about the business environment. Um, yeah. Your decision to add this analysis approach to all your analysis, and you basically double the number, double the number of tables, <laughs> just with one sentence, which might be in your SAP. <laughs> Yeah, some some clients may be very happy about it, getting it for free. But <laughs> so that, I mean, that's that's just um, not the way that should be. I mean, if there's a reason for this, then it should be involved, and there's more behind than just adding or doubling the number of yeah. outputs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's go to number four. Being friendly. That's a good one. 
I like that one. And you know, <laughs> luckily, I mean, most of my, when I, when I look around my, uh, my day to day business, I think this is actually they are following this one. So it's not, you know, that's a very hostile uh, environment, but there are sometimes people where you really think, so I, you know, it's so basic. It's so basic being a leader and being friendly and they miss yep. it. Yep. Um, so, I, I mean, yeah, there's so, so basic rules of, of, um, being, you know, polite and talkative, friendly and, and, you know, just uh, get in contact with people and setting the, basic human rules but they miss it yeah and i think and it's still. it's also knowing your your pain points there so this is i can recollect this situation where i was in a, in a bigger meeting and um uh, i was uh, let's say accused maybe too strong word but it was suggested that i was you know not um taking on the work that i should have taken on and um i was taken really by surprise about that and the you know you could in this moment you know slash back and and you know just you know be hostile, aggressive about it. If if it's if it's an unfair comment, I can remember situations in my in my career where I have done that, and it never mm. played out well. So in the most recent situation, I stayed calm. I said, "No, that's not the uh, this is the case." And actually, it's the opposite. And I, said upfront before entering into the project that um, I can only contribute a very little bit and most of the resources needs to come from somewhere else. And well, the people in the discussion were just not uh, present at the time of, of this decision. So, mm -hmm. so they didn't have all the data. And that is something is really basic, but it's really, really important. And just being unfriendly once can destroy a lot of relationships that you need that's um that's kind of you know the way when when people you know how, pe how people remember you is you know you have 10 occasions where you've been friendly but just one not being friendly and that's the one they remember for sure so so that doesn't mean you need to be everybody's darling Yeah. So, so as, as we say in no. Germany, everybody's darling is everybody's idiot. But, but, um, <laughs> so, so that doesn't mean you need to take on every kind of work and every request. Um, but saying, uh, friendly and, um, decipher no, decisive no is actually, um, quite helpful. Okay. Let's go to number five. Yeah, number five. We have being curious. Are you curious? <laughs> to be honest, um, once in a while. <laughs> no, actually, I, I think I'm, I'm quite curious. It's just um, what this is also aiming at is more being curious, you know, at, at the right time for the right thing. Because, you know, if you, yeah. if, if you always check back on, you know, let's say the family background of somebody and if the grandma is now back on, you know, not being sick anymore, you know, and so that's, that's, that's nice, but that's not the, the point here. It's more, it's really about, you know, when you need to understand when people struggle or when people, 
have really hard times or difficult times in moving forwards, different things to do. And, you know, see, under, understand them. Try to follow up with them, see if they manage this well. It's it's not about, you know, necessarily learn, you know, about learning new things or it's really about try to understand what the people are doing, what people are up to and take them serious and follow up, check with them, be curious what they're doing, how they progress, how they proceed with the, uh, with their, with their job in the team. So I think this is, this is quite important. And, and, um, as a matter, you know, just as a matter of time, I think that's why I'm saying once in a while, I'm curious. It's, um, this the, the biggest the biggest constraints on being curious is really the time to follow up and to check back in with the with the progress and everything and and f with everyone actually yeah but i think this this uh checking in sometimes is just a very simple question like um are you comfortable with how things are going at the moment Or do you feel comfortable performing this task? Yes, the question is easy. And if the answer is yes, it's also easy. But if the answer is no, then it starts to be time consuming. And that's why, I mean, this is more the point that, that you usually, you know, if, if somebody struggles um, and you check back in, then you also need the time to follow up on this. Because then if you just, if the answer is no, And then you disappear because you're too busy in the next call or whatsoever. Then this is not, this doesn't help. So, um, yeah, you, you need to have a little bit of time for that. For, yeah, for, for sure. But I think very often it's well invested time. Indeed. Um, also kind of understanding whether there are other ways to achieve your goal. Yeah. So, so I, I recently had a discussion where someone showed me uh, a dashboard. And he used a specific software that was uh, especially good for, for interactive uh, visualizations. I was curiously asking questions about it. Okay, uh, why did you choose the software? And he said, well, based because that is, you know, uh, he, he thought that is the standard software that everybody should use. And I said, hmm, okay, this is especially good for interactivity. So, what's the interactive part in here? And he says, well, actually, there's not so much of an interactive part in here. It's more of a, of a report. And I said, hmm, interesting. But then you could do something much more s simple with much less hassle down the road in terms of validation. Because if it's not interactive, yeah, you don't need to do so many validations on it uh, because then it's more or less just a report. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. And then we switched the tool, which cut down tremendously on the timeline and the, and the effort. Yeah. And it's, um, and for that person now it's clear he can actually has the freedom to choose. Yeah. He's, he's not, needs to go to this one specific tool because it was just a perceived standard tool. Yeah. 
was not actually mm. existing in the tool. So this kind of curiosity may help a lot uh, in, in many regards. So, so, so asking why, why did you do that that way? Yeah, and and um, sometimes you may learn about completely new things that you have never seen before. So, so the goal may be clear how to get to some. Uh, you know, the goal, what to achieve, may be clear, but how to achieve it? This. Yeah. yeah. Just, as we say, many different roads yeah. to Rome. And I think also, and I mean, this is kind of, you know, being curious also means that you are usually one of the first taking the step. Um, so because, you know, you're interested in where this is going. So as an example, if there's a new software or new system being opened and rolled, then it would make sense that you as the leader, this may actually be more the line management type of leader and less the, the study team leader is um, taking the first step in doing so. So to understand when people are struggling, so what what is it? And also to show them that's the way to go, to be being the first one and being interested in what the new system brings, what the advantages are. Uh, so I think this is, this is being curious also means maybe being the first or maybe one of the first to really take a step in a new direction and don't be afraid of it. Give a good example. And now we come to the last and now I want to try something new. Here's, here's this button in the software that I have never pressed on. So, so let's see. <laughs> oh. <laughs> maybe, maybe this one is better. No, no, no the other one is better. <laughs> So, so um, actually, I wanted to have something like because now the last one comes, number six, and it's that yours. is being vulnerable. That's an interesting one. I think it actually is a really, really good behavior. It means that you don't need to know it all. You don't need to, you know, have all the answers. You don't need to be the perfect, perfect guy always. That you can uh, also say, I don't know, or I have messed up. I think this one really triggers a lot of uh, openness in, in, in discussions. It helps people to relate to you. And it helps a lot with building trust. And that's why I think it's so, so important. That's true. It's just showing that you're not perfect and, you know, building up the empathy for, you know, from other people to understand that you are also a human. I think it's, you know, still, I, I, it, it's a, it's a very, it's a very, very valid point, but this, yeah, it, I, I think there might be more, more discussions around it if you put this on a, you know, on a poster for, for being a strong leader, uh, especially as this is kind of a, it's more a weak, part at first sight you know yeah. at, at first sight but at first sight exactly so so that's why i i think it's it's quite interesting and i think um many of the especially um again in a, in a team as a team leader it's it's very much appreciated if you show vulnerability so when you that you are not perfect i'm not i'm not sure though if it's really up you know, and, and if I think about upper management and so if this is this 
still a valid point, but for us as statisticians, as a leader, as a team leader of statisticians or also in the study team, it's a very, very good point. And I think that's, it's actually, I believe, probably the easiest one, one that, because this is the one you don't even need to learn about really. Because it's just that, I mean, in, in ways of, um, you know, that, you you can just show how it is because you are not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Everyone is making mistakes and does have uh, uh, things to discuss about or to open and just to honestly say, well, I don't know. To be honest, I think I'm not sure what whether it's the easiest one. I would say it's nearly the hardest one. Maybe next to confidently relaxed, <laughs> but but uh, be, be, because um, <laughs> it takes the most courage to be that way, I would say. Only if you start doing it and you haven't done it before. If if you get used to it. If you know if you if you grow into a team with getting more responsibility, more leadership and everything, I think you should just keep it as it was before. Because you know, before you showed this vulnerability to, to your manager, for example, now you showed you to your team. So I no I agree. If you if you re invent it or bring it in after you know you kind of try to avoid it that's that might be difficult but i think from just everyone who's growing into such a leadership role it's probably just be honest with yourself and stick to um to this i'm just remembering of a couple of situations in our leadership program where gary and myself we talk about um leadership mistakes that we have done and um, these situations where we talk about that is takes courage, you know, to step in front of your audience and say, um, here are things I've messed up and that's what I learned from it. Yeah. Not being kind of, I'm the perfect person that knows about everything about leadership and have always been a great leader. <laughs> natural leader. No, there's no natural born leaders. <laughs> That show that needs courage, yeah. But it helps build a relationship between the uh, participants of the effective statistician leadership program and and Gary and myself, and it helps to create an environment, and especially in our small group discussions, where everybody is opening up and everybody is sharing their struggles. Um, and, and only by sharing these problems, these struggles, these hurdles, um, people can learn to overcome them. You know, it would be, you know, what kind of um, learning environment would it be where everybody is just showing off how great they are? Well, that's, that's, there's no learning involved in there. Yeah, it's, it's, that would be just, you know, mm. showing off and, yeah, not a learning program. Yeah, and, and and also if you you know if you if you show, for example, you know that that you don't know, I mean that's something that I'm quite often mentioning to uh, to anyone saying that you know sorry I don't I, I don't know because I'm not that much involved uh, I need to and that the second point is actually that's what I'm was going going to say is the second point is you can turn yeah. this into a strength. Um, if you, if you say, sorry, I don't, I don't know. I don't know right now. I don't know by heart. I, but I will 
you know, I will check, I will follow up with the team, with whoever it is, or who can or can read, I can investigate, and I will let you know. So that's that's something that is appreciated. That's something that shows you know your skills as a leader. Saying, well, I don't know, but you know, this is the solution. Yeah. I would take care. It's of. much better than pretending you have some knowledge and, and, <laughs> and yeah, not having that's it. True. Yeah. Okay, very good. Um, in terms of the last one, there is um, this amazing TED talk by Brené Brown, who is really the person that speaks about vulnerability. Um, she's a um, well-known researcher in this field and, and, you know, has done lots of original research about shame and uh, other things in this area. And uh, we'll link to her TED Talks that was already watched by an amazing more than 44 million times. <laughs> we, we reached 50, didn't we? Oh, 15,000 awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple of zeros, zeros are missing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah. And and the 20 minutes, I think, is um, well-invested time. Okay, speaking about time, we are just beyond the 30-minute mark, and today we wanted to make sure that we are not that long with this episode. So... Excellent. It was really good. Talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. This show was created in association with PSI. Thanks to Rain, who helps with the show in the background and makes it possible for me to get a lot of work done. Thank you for listening. Visit theeffectivestatistician.com for the show notes, like usual, and please Identify three colleagues that you would like to share this podcast with it, and of course, then share it. So, reach your potential, lead great science, and serve patients. Just be an effective statistician. Mm -hmm.